Colby Gardeners can be a cranky lot when the weather doesn't sync up with our plans. It's too hot, it's too cold, it's too wet. You know. I wanted to know what we were facing for 2017, so I called Dr. Stephen McNulty. He was on the show last year, and I was impressed with how accurate his forecast was. Dr. McNulty directs the USDA's South Regional Climate Hub. They track and forecast weather patterns for farmers, land managers, and foresters. And he shared their predictions for the coming year and what we gardeners can expect. Uh, my name's Steve McNulty, and I am a research ecologist with the U.S. Forest Service. I have been for the last 25-plus years. I have a Ph.D. in natural resources and a couple other degrees in forestry. Um, I am currently the director of the USDA Southeast Climate Hub, located on the campus of North Carolina State University in Raleigh, North Carolina. And what I do is, um, as an ecologist, I study primarily the impacts of climate change on ecosystems. So everything from how water from ecosystems may change, uh, if we may get less of it, if it may come at different times, how much productivity we're going to be getting from forests, and uh, how much carbon sequestration we might be able to store in forests. In my role as a director of the Southeastern Hub, it's a little bit more expanded. Um, the role of the USDA uh, Department of Agriculture is to assure that we have sustainable agriculture for production of food and fiber, so timber and pulpwood and, and tomatoes and everything we need to eat or, or to use for construction or, or growth in the United States. And so in my role with the hub, I am not only um, responsible for making sure that we give the information to users as far as what's the best uh, technology currently available and, and methods and tools for trying to make their working land, so those are agricultural lands, forest lands, and rangelands, the most resilient they can be to the variability in climate that we've been seeing over the last several decades. So let's talk about that variability. What kinds of things might we expect to see in 2017? 2017, we're coming off of um, a, a different switching over from what was the uh, El Nino year, uh, in which case uh, we had some pretty dramatic precipitation events and, uh, and uh, very hot weather. And uh, in the southeast, uh, we're switching over to uh, La Nina, and La Nina I mean, uh, Christ child, it's why they call it that, because it normally comes about this time of year when they occur. And so the La Nina in the southeast drives a lot of our weather patterns, uh, as does El Nino, these ENSO events. And all of this is driven from uh, changes in water temperature just west of South America. So something that far away actually drives the, the weather in the southeast. And so coming off of an El Nino into a La Nina, means that we're going to see some changes from what we've seen this past year to what we're going to see now in 2017. And so what uh, the predictions are for 2017 is that, number one, we're going to have generally a warmer winter, and it's also going to be a drier winter. So I think that we have a short-term pattern coming up here in the next uh, couple weeks, probably through the month of December, which is going to be, we're going to be fairly cool, um, maybe even a little cooler than normal, normal. But after that, we're going to start warming up. And uh, we'll have a, a warm, uh, dry winter um, by this uh, late spring into early summer. It's going to go more into uh, a average pattern. So in that, what that means is that we're not going to be exceptionally hot. We're not going to be exceptionally cold or dry or wet. It's going to be sort of a typical year for the rest of the southeast. Unlike uh, last uh, summer when we had some pretty unusual weather, this, um, this will be more 
what we're used to, which, which is good news. So I think I'm hearing you say, um, you keep saying drier. Um, parts of the western part of North Carolina are, have been experiencing some pretty tough drought conditions. Is, could that possibly get worse for us? Yeah, well, what happens in the winter, you know, because the plants aren't using the water that they do in the summer when the leaves are out, um, is we normally do recharge in the winter. So what happens from this period up until, oh, say, March or so, is we're recharging the water supply. So as we get rain and sometimes we get a little bit of snow and then it melts pretty quickly and it, and it turns back into water in the soil, um, we will recharge the, the groundwater supply and we'll recharge our, our soil moisture. If it's going to be a warm, dry winter, that may not happen. So the impacts of that aren't really so much this winter because there's not that much demand for water. But what it means is going into the spring, we may have a, a less water in the soil. Now, the dryness is supposed to start to abate. We're supposed to be able to get more precip a little later this spring. So it's going to eventually get better, but we'll probably start the spring fairly dry as far as the soil conditions are, drier than normal. Uh, but the good news is that by summer, the, we'll be getting the rains and the temperatures won't be as hot as they were last year. So that condition should improve by, by summer. I mean, it's still, you know, summer in the south is never cool. Uh, it's going to be a hot summer, but it's going to be a normally hot summer, uh, are what the models are predicting at this point. Well, that sounds like good news. Um, it is good news. It's much better. The, the weather for this next year, uh, at least through the summer, is, is much more conducive for growing than it would have been um, last year at this time. Now, we're wrapping up 2016, and as I look at the paper, it looks like we're ahead a little bit for the average typical rainfall. Um, but we had some mighty big storms in 2016. A lot of that rain came all at once, it felt like. Will we likely see um, those big storms dumping lots of rain all at once, or might it be um, something that gardeners prefer, a little bit at a time? Sure. Well, we'll probably have a little of each. Um, the, you know, the thing is, when even if you're in a period of dry, even this, for example, this winter, we're projected generally have less moisture than we would have in other years. But that doesn't mean that when we get the moisture, whether it's snow or whether it's rain, it's going to come in small amounts. So we may be dry, but yet even within that dryness, we may get a two-inch rain. Um, and that, that's one of the problems that we're seeing with the climate for the last several decades is that that intensity, the, the percent chance of having an intense storm is increasing. So in the southeast, we have about a 25% chance more of having a two-inch rain within a 24-hour period than we did um, 30, 30 years ago. So that, that means that one out of four of the storms uh, that, that happened before, now there'll be um, three out of the four that, that will have that level of intensity. So, um, you know, it, it doesn't mean that we're, we're necessarily going to have no heavy events, but it just means that the potential chance for uh, a heavy event is, is increasingly greater over time. And that's just because there's more energy in the atmosphere and more volatility. There's other places in the country like the Northeast where it's almost doubled the number of intense storms over the last 30 years. So relatively speaking, we're, um, we've seen less of that intense variability than other places have. Well, I guess what all, all I'm hearing now is good news. This is wonderful. Yeah, no, this is not, this is not a bad year. We were expecting to have a good year for, 
for gardening and for agriculture this year. You know, I mean, these are these are model forecasts that are going out now six months or more, and there's always variability that with with any kind of model. You think about a a weather model when on your when you wake up in the morning, you know, it tells you the daily temperature. It might be off by a couple of degrees. You know, these are going out six months. So they're looking at really broad patterns. It's not the same kind of model as a, as a weather um, forecast. These are climate forecasts. And so they, they look at different kinds of parts of the atmosphere and, and different components of it. But these models are increasingly becoming more and more accurate. And uh, so that's really good news for farmers and, and foresters who have to plan on and, uh, for example, uh, if you're a forester this, this fall, uh, you may be able to get into some areas which normally are too wet to log. But uh, because it's going to be a drier, warmer winter, you may be able to get in there and, and do some management that you wouldn't be able to do normally. Uh, you know, on the flip side, if, if you're looking at doing some uh, plantings in the spring, uh, you may not be able, it may not be as conducive because you may not have the soil moisture in the ground. So there's, you know, there's always good and bad with everything, but generally this is a pretty positive forecast, especially compared to last year. And we don't expect that. And the other part of it is we don't expect to have the heat that we had last year either. You know, this was 2016 is scheduled. Uh, it looks like it's going to be another record warm year, and that's warmer than 2015, which was the previous record, and 2014, which was the previous record after that. Uh, the general consensus is that 2017 will not be a, a record warm year. And so that's, um, that's nice to see, too. Give us a little bit of break. It's still, it'll still be very hot because that's the general trend, but it's not going to be, yet again, the hottest. Steve, you, you brushed up against the, the issue of climate and things that are changing, and there's a lot of um, information on, on all sides of this. It gets very political, very ugly, and there's a lot of bad information floating around out there. Where can gardeners go to get credible information about our climate and, and what we're experiencing? Well, there's a lot of good places uh, to get information about the climate. Uh, you know, the, the federal government is um, doesn't have a, a vested interest one way or another. You know, if you went to a oil company, they may give you a certain, have a certain bias on it. If you went to another kind of a company, they may have another bias. But the, the federal government, you know, we, we collect a lot of the data, like NOAA collects a lot of climate information uh, there, and we're there to basically serve the American people. And that means that we just provide the information to them, and, and then they can uh, use it as they see fit. The USDA Climate Hubs that I direct down here in Raleigh, we have our own site, our own website, and you can uh, find it quite easily uh, if you just uh, do an abbreviation of, of our uh, name which is Southeast Regional Climate Hub, or SEARCH, F-E-R-C-H. It's like search without the A. Um, and if you type in Google search and climate, you'll come to our site. And we have links to all kinds of information, everything from um, different kinds of tools that a land user can use, something we have called Toolshed. It tells you all kinds of, if you have a, a question or you want to know something about your area, how things are going to change, uh, chances are that we have a link to that in the tool shed, and it's very user-friendly and easy to, to find information in there. But there's a host of, of good sites to go to. Um, but we link uh, to many of those through our sites. I, I guess as a personal pitch, I'd say that's a good place to start as any. Uh, but there, there, you know, it's not that there's really very a lack of information about climate. It's really that these days there's almost too much information. You can become 
swamped with the amount of information that's out there, which is great, um, but it also means you have to kind of get through it to find what you want. It's, it's like going to a huge uh, department store when all you want to do is, you know, buy a shoelace or something. Uh, it's, uh, you got to find where those things are at first. And so uh, the, the trick is to find a, a site that will help you to sort through that as efficiently as possible. And, and we have some uh, tools on our search homepage that will allow you to do that. Fantastic. Steve, thank you. You've given me great hope and a, a good way to start the day. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad. That's always good to be bringers of good news when we can. I'm Lise Jenkins, and this is the Triangle Gardener Show. We're your guide to enjoyable gardening in North Carolina. You can find this and other episodes on our website, trianglegardener.com. You can also find us on iTunes. If you like what we're doing, give us a review. Thanks for listening.